DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love Reflections with Monsignor John Essef Ordained a priest from the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania, Monsignor Essef has served as a retreat director and confessor to Blessed Mother Teresa. He continues to offer direction and retreats internationally for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Esif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived around the globe, including Lebanon, serving the pontifical missions there. It is a Catholic organization established by Blessed John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. Monsignor Esif assisted the founders of the Institute for Priestly Formation and continues to serve as the spiritual director for the Institute. He also actively serves as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love Reflections with Monsignor John Essif I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Angels are so much on my mind today to talk to you about. And I would like to begin with the guardian angel. Uh, I was uh, very much enamored of my angel as a child. Ever since I can remember, my brother and I were uh, roommates. And we had in our room, you know that picture of guardian angel guiding this child across a bridge? And we certainly, he and I had so many scrapes as children. We have some of them in our book, but as two boys growing up, and we were so companions, because I, re- I can't remember being, uh, my memories go way back, but they, they don't go back before my brother, because I was only a year and a half old when he came along. So I always had this companion, and so it's kind of easy for me to believe that I have a companion. The angel, the guardian angel, is given to us from the first moment of our conception. The guardian angel is intrauterine. He is given to you from your mother's womb. And from the first moment that that egg fertilizes, that is fer- that seed fertilizes that egg, that soul that's blown into that person, who now is going to be, that's the beginning, that's the moment your guardian angel begins to protect you and watch over you. So he's with you and assists you in your life in the womb because how many more things are being told to us these days about what happens to the child in the womb? It's a whole life in there. Uh, If you're a single birth, if you're, you know, are you my, my mother tells the story about that. What do they talk about when a child is turned around? Breach. And I was a yeah, breech birth. I, I was going to be a breech birth. And what happened to me is I got turned around. And there's like all kinds of assistance that goes on within the womb. Guardian angel is right there. Assisting you in the birthing. You know, I, I think so many times we've... Uh, It's good for a mother to know that that baby is being watched over and protected. How that life 
is there and how the mother loves that baby from the moment that she knows she's pregnant. And so the, the baby is being watched over and cared for within the womb. And then in the birthing, your guardian angel comes with you. That, that angel stays with you from that moment of conception, not only until you die, but if you fail to go to paradise, that angel reminds people on earth to pray for you. So often, you know, some people who are not yet and may be in purgatory and not yet settled in their, in their home forever in heaven, that angel's work is to go to the people on earth or to others to pray for that soul. And I really believe that many of us are reminded, oh, my grandmother or my uncle so-and-so or having a mass offered for someone is really inspired by the angel who comes and asks, why don't you have a mass said for your dad? Or why don't you have a mass said for your Aunt Tilly? So that there's, there's that reminder to pray for the dead. So until that soul, because even in the liturgy itself, it says at the death of a person, may the angel lead you into paradise. May the martyrs receive you on your way. So as we go into the eternal city, the angels are individually created. Uh, angels do not multiply like humans. So therefore, <clears throat> if there are six billion people in this universe, and each one of us has a specific guardian angel, then there must at least be six billion angels. God, in making angels, we always hear sp scripturally that there are myriads. You know what myriads is? Millions and billions. He just makes them, and he creates them individually. The least angelic creature is greater than any human creation. You know, after all, man is only half spiritual. Half of him is material or physical. He's half animal, half spirit. So that our bodily part, it's no less beautiful, it's a creation that we have feet and arms and legs and, and we have a sex to us. No, that individual creation of my body is a very beautiful creation. God has made the, the marvel of a human body. You know, when I go to doctors and see, especially if a person becomes ill, the functioning of a, of a healthy organ and a body is such a mag, magnificent, the eye, the complexity of, of what an ear is or what a face is or what a brain is. This is a magnificent, each one of us who are human have been given this body creation 
And we have been given a spirit, which is that part of us. We are a body-soul composite, so that when we do die, it's not only that the soul goes on to live, because that's the part of us that will live eternally. That's the part of us that's immortal. But so is our body going to be. So when the body, and we believe that, is going to be raised from the dead. We believe in the resurrection of the body so that it will participate in the glory of God in heaven forever or in the damnation in the fires of hell or whatever there is for eternal damnation and torture. So we do know that we have any, we are not made to die. We are made to live eternally. And because of Jesus, who gives us a new life, we are called now to live eternally in heaven. He has given us the opportunity of salvation. When he died on the cross, Jesus saved everyone from the time of the cross back to Adam and Eve. But they were not able to enter into glory because of Adam and Eve's sin. So he, by his death on the cross, brought salvation to every human being from Adam and Eve down to the year 33 and from the year 33 to the end of time so that the cross is the salvation of all of mankind. The desire of God was to save all of the human family. Each member of that family has a guardian. Now, I'd love to go over that prayer. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here so that God has sent an angel to be with me, to watch over me, to guard and to assist me, to enlighten me, to inspire me, to guide me. So this And we usually like to use the word guard because I think each of us is dealing with a lot of hostility in the world in which we live. So there's a protective nature to this friend of ours. And be careful, watch for yourself and these inspirations that we receive daily. And how many times, you know, driving along, there's like an inspiration of, why don't you take this street instead of that? Or that some different, why don't you slow down here? This is like our guardian protecting us. And I, I often think how important it is to develop that relationship with our guardian angel to become more familiar. I developed a, a very strong relationship with my guardian angel I, I think I, I had it as a child. I kind of lost it. And then it came back to me very early in my priesthood. And I remember meeting a group of nuns. And this is a long tradition with Carmelite nuns who said to me, why don't you ask your guardian angel its name? Because your guardian angel has a name. It's a particular spirit, 
And if you ask your guardian angel what your name is, you would be able to become more familiar because you could call him by name and you could become more dependent on him and ask him and and then develop a, a closer relationship with him because every guardian angel has a nature. It's an angelic nature. It is hugely powerful and not Incidentally, every guardian angel is not the lowest rank of angel. You could have a guardian angel from the archangel class. You can have an archangel, you can have an angel that's your guardian from the seraphim or cherubim or thrones. I'll talk about those choirs of angels because they have enormous power, each one in gradation and they they come according to the power that was given to them in their nature which is vastly different from each other they are all invisible creatures but they are all creatures made by god who have this nature and it's a, a particular nature I, i'm starting off with guardian angels because they're the ones I think that we're most familiar with. May I ask a quick question, Monsignor? There are those who will have heard that it's not good to name your angel. And there is a difference from what you are saying about asking your guardian angel's name in that relationship that you have, or what is the identifier that, you know, so that you can have this more intimate relationship with your angel and opposed to naming your angel, like you would an, a pet or an animal. Yeah, that's, that's really an arrogant thing. Then here is this, this friend of yours who is much higher and pre-existed you, and to think you could give him a name. What kind of arrogance is that? You know, I came along in, in, in this particular time of mankind's existence, but this angel and everyone in every one of those angels pre-existed us. So here he is around not only for a hundred thousand years, but he was created, my or she was created. The, this the the angel has no sex. They could be male or female. You can call them by a male or female name, but they have a name, and the name was given to them by the God who made them. God created them, and God created them specifically, individually, and named them. So they have a name. And you just stop being so arrogant, thinking you can put a name on this on this angelic creature who is your companion, who is so far superior to you. So if you just simply ask them, what's, what's your name? And I, I did that. I went knowing this tradition that these Carmelites uh, shared with me. I asked him, I said, what's your name? And he said, Shriek. And I was listening to the way it sounded. And that's what he revealed to me. And I used to think the name meant Shriek. Because the name and the, and the meaning of the name is connected. The name and the meaning, because the name has a meaning, like Raphael, medicine of God. 
Gabriel, messenger of God. Michael, Mikael, who is like God. So um, there's, there's, uh, they have a name. And so I, his name was Shriek. And I used to think he's a loud shouting angel. Shriek. So that when he talks, woo, you listen. You know, it's, who is that? Uh, when so-and-so speaks, you listen. Well, I did that for a long time. In 1984, I used to speak Arabic, but not very well. And But when I went to Lebanon, uh, my vocabulary was vastly increased. I was plunged into the middle of speaking Arabic all the time. And I learned a word, shriek. And shriek in Arabic, just the way I heard it, means traveling companion. That's exactly what it means, your partner. I thought, wow, here he is. And so I didn't want to assume that he was only an angelic creature, but he could come from any angelic choir. And so after I began to study and pray and grow in my love of the various choirs of angels, I wondered which one he might have come from. In reading Faustina, St. Faustina, uh, if you're familiar with that devotion, one day she was riding along on a train in Poland. And she could actually see, some people have this, to see the angels. She had that gift. She could see angels. And there was this gigantic angel as she was riding on a train next to this church. And as she was going by the church, the guardian angel bowed to the train on which she was. When our Lord came and was engaging her in his revelations of the divine mercy, she just happened to bring up to him. She said, you know, today I saw this angel and I was rather confused because he bowed toward the train and our Lord smiled. And it's right in her, her, her uh, diary. She sa- he said, oh, Faustina, didn't you know that that was a throne angel and your guardian angel is a seraphim angel? And what the throne angel was doing was saluting the seraphim angel. So he wasn't bowing to you. He was saluting the seraphim angel that was with you. So your angel could be from any of the ranks of angels. So wouldn't it be wonderful as you get to grow and know and experience this relationship that you have with this companion of yours that God has given you and wants to wait on you? Who are you? You're Jesus. That's who you are by your baptism. Isn't it right that the daughter of God, you, would have some kind of valet? Do you know when you think of a princess, that's who you are in the kingdom of God. 
and you have this angel who is so in love with you and wants to serve you and is there waiting from the moment you go to sleep at night, watching over you. Angel of God, my guardian dear, you know, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. He's watching you over all night. He's with you all day. He goes into the shower with you. He goes every place with you, protecting you, watching over you as you drive, as you go to work, enlightening you as a student, how you should just depend on him. Help me study as you go to work. Help me in my work when I get tired. This magnificent, wonderful gift that we have. You know, I'm so glad you said that, Monsignor, because the way that I vision it now, not so much that the guardian angel, when you say that they want to wait on us like a paid servant or even a slave, but it's more like how a mother wants to rush to the need of her baby. How, you know, uh, uh, a spouses, you see that, especially with newlyweds, can I get you something? What can I yeah. do for you? Uh, you know, exactly. it's, it's a it's a service. It's a it's a service of love. It's like the yeah. outgrowth of love. Yeah. So that's that's more the nature. So that would define in a in a very real way how we engage them. We don't talk to them like a servant, but you would talk to them like this maternal, paternal, loving, you know, who wants to say, I love you so much. What what can I how can I help you? What do you need? Is that listen is, is that listen it? to you, but it's even more than that. Listen to your beauty. This gigantic creature who is so far superior in nature than your human nature sees the divine in you. He wants to help you like he wants to help God. He was made out of love by God and has a perfect, loving, angelic nature to serve you, to care for you in every single detail. It is his joy to spend his life at this time watching over you. And when he gets that commission to know that he was sent by God from the moment you were conceived to be with you until you die, that's his life work. He may be retired at the end of it and sent back to do nothing but praise God for the rest of eternity, but he wants you to get to paradise. That's his work. And he wants to do everything he can in this world for you. He is so waiting. And, and he's like, I think of it more as a puppy dog, you know, <laughs> just licking your hand all the time, sl just slobbering all over you. And no matter whether you throw him away or ignore him, or he's there. And he just loves you because you're Christ to him. Mm. That relationship is, you're my God, you're my Lord and Master, and I just want to wait on you. I want to take care of you. I want to protect you. And he has the power to do that. Now, Monsignor, you're, you're talking through this podcast to many who hear you and they are suffering. They, they will feel as though they're isolated and alone, that, that no one understands. 
you know those souls. In this gift of the guardian angel, um, how, can this, how can this aid them? Can I especially address that? When did Jesus have his guardian angel show up? What you're in and you're bringing up is Jesus in the garden of agony when he was all alone and there was no one else. His friends fell asleep. He was about to undergo his passion. He was alone. He was about to face crucifixion. Maybe you're alone right now. And maybe you are just told by your doctor that you have cancer or by your husband that I'm going to divorce you. Whatever that might be, that suffering, that aloneness, that agony in the garden. Who is there for me to turn to? There was the father. You always have because you are God's daughter and you are God's son. You always have the father. Peter and James and John, they've just fell asleep. They're gone. And the only one that showed up was his angel. His angel came and ministered to him. When he saw the suffering of Jesus, he made himself known and ministered. Now, he did that for Jesus, and he wants to do that for you. And maybe the reason why you're hearing this today is because this is the time in your life when you feel so abandoned by so many. And human friends are gone, and you have this angelic friend, servant, someone who wants to care for you. Hmm. Well, Monsignor, we have more to talk about with the angels, but in closing for today, at this particular time, how would you want us to leave this moment? There was a, a spiritual writer by the name of John O'Donohue, and he's talking about the blessing of the angels. And there's a couple that really struck me. May the angels in their beauty bless you. May they turn toward you with streams of blessing. May the angel of healing turn toward you and your wounds. May he turn them into sources of refreshment. May the angel of compassion open your eyes to the unseen suffering around you. May the angel of Eros introduce you to the beauty of your senses to celebrate your inheritance as the temple of the Holy Spirit. God bless. Thank you so much, Monsignor.
What a great way to start the day. <laughs> Angels go with you. Amen. You've been listening to Building the Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this reflection along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif.